0: Welcome to Coffee with the Chiropractor, the podcast to help you unlock the secrets to improved health and wellness. Whether you're a chiropractor or chiropractic patient, we'll be traveling across the globe to talk to professionals who can help you to discover new ways to improve your health or the health of your patients. From chiropractors to osteopaths, personal trainers to nutritionists, we aim to help you in all of your needs. Here to host the show, a chiropractor, wellness coach and life enthusiast, Dr. Patrick Hogg. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee with the Chiropractor. It's your host, Patrick Cogg, and we're going to go over and have a conversation with another chiropractor today who has been in practice for 25 years. He's a fellow ACC graduate who graduated in 95. He's originally from Northern Ireland. I didn't actually ask where your practice was.
1: Yeah, my practice actually is down south in County Cork, but I'm from Belfast originally.
0: Yeah. There you go. So he's currently running as a solo doc, but he's obviously had associates come and work for him in the past. So he's taken a lot of chiropractors under his wing. He's helped them progress through, but is now working as a solo practice himself. He actually, uh, he practices a specific technique. So many of my patients already know I use the activator in the clinic, but he is a sole, uh, activator based chiropractor. Uh, he also is a family man and has four kids uh, 10, 13, 15, and 17. So I think actually uh, big families are one of the biggest life achievements. Uh, and I know that we're going to get some really interesting information. He's just, he's, I, I've met Ed through my uh, inner circle and he, Despite the fact that he's been in practice for so long, and one of the things that I really admire, and we were just having this conversation before, despite the fact that he's been in practice for 25 years, he still wants to learn more. And in fact, he told me, he told me uh, several months ago that he's never done a YouTube video. He doesn't even know how to open Facebook. And I can tell you, I can tell you just observing this guy from a distance that even though he's been in practice for 25 years, he's still willing to learn. And so what we're going to do is we're going to come over and talk to uh, Ed today and he's going to tell us a little bit more about himself, give himself a little bit more of an introduction because I know I would have missed so much information. Welcome to the show, Ed.
1: No, you got, you, got, you, got, you got most of it. So, so yeah, I was I'm born and bred from in Northern Ireland um, when I left school. Uh, I suppose as a typical nineteen-year-old, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I hadn't done very good at school, Um, so I ended up going to university in Bristol and I did engineering for the sake of really. That was the only course that would really accept me. Um, And it was while I was going through my my engineering degree uh, that I realised pretty quickly that I didn't want to do engineering. I wanted to do something more. But I actually had the, the fortitude or the fortune to meet a distant relation of mine who was a chiropractor and when i saw him working i saw his enthusiasm i saw just the the way he could change people's lives was was brilliant it was just i i I fell in love with that and so then i went from there i went to acc uh did my chiropractic degree there and then qualified in 95 went and worked for him for a couple of years um but i i suppose when i'm working as an associate i quickly realized i wanted to go on my own at some stage Um, and through the jigs and the reels, I ended up in Cork. Uh, I just bought a practice off a friend of mine who I was at college with, and it was one of those decisions where I thought, well, I'll stay here for a couple of years and then I'll probably move. Um, but as you mentioned, yeah, you get married and have four kids and twenty odd years, twenty-five years later, you're still you're still stuck here. So yeah, I'm not going anywhere. So that's that's pretty much how I got how it wasn't the miraculous sort of, you know, one adjustment, that I was in agony type of thing, and that's how I found chiropractic. No, it, it was very much I was attracted to what chiropractic had the potential to do, you know, and that's that's what I really really sort of pulled me into it. It's really interesting because, obviously, uh, being being that
0: uh, you started as an as an engineer, uh, actually um, one of one of the most famous techniques in chiropractic was actually designed by an engineer, which is Thompson technique. And uh, Thompson Thompson uh, he was quite good friends with Bj from what I remember, and he had he had a problem. He had an accident and he uh, he injured his neck and both developed neck pain and diabetes at the same time. And he went and saw a chiropractor. And within a couple of weeks or a couple of adjustments, not only did his neck pain go away, but his diabetes also reversed as well. So, ironically, he developed health implications from an injury or a trauma, which actually led to systemic issues. And actually, now pretty much all chiropractic tables within our profession are fitted with the the pieces that that gentleman then uh, that that gentleman then invented. So, it's really it's really interesting how you know so many people uh, you know have this. Have this skill set, but actually it still transpires or transforms, and again, you know like that mechanical brain mm. can really serve you. So I know that we're going to get some really cool conversation going in a second. so uh, obviously, you've just told us, you've just told us uh, how you got into chiropractic, so there was there was nothing there was nothing crazy or special that kind of pulled you in, but obviously, You've probably had some really amazing experiences with uh some of your patients. So maybe you can tell us, you know, some of the experiences that you've had with chiropractic and some of the things that you might might commonly see.
1: Um that's a very that's a very interesting question. Um I I, I think the the whole beautiful thing with chiropractic is just the the potential it's almost like we're on guess like a you know, Christmas present when you're unwrapping something to actually see the potential in 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 patients whether it's you know it's a baby with colic whether it's you know someone who has you know MS and things like that and it, it's just to me that, I think that's the one of the biggest things that I've learned the longer I've been in practice is you know I, I think when we come out of from from college you sort of have this sort of attitude that you know we need to fix everything that we need to be the hero um, and it's taken me years and years and years to realize that, that you know, you can't fix people. Uh, it's not up to us. We can't play God. You know, all we can do is just remove interference and then let the body sort of work its way. And that's that has that is that, 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 that I've been a pretty slow learner with that, because I think all the way through it, it was trying to, you know, fix and, and cure people. And yet that takes a huge burden of responsibility. You become responsible for the patient, not to the patient. And that's a big, big difference. Mm. Um, I, think, I think it was Stu Bittman, one of my mentors, uh, who said, you know, like he can't cure a ham, let alone cure a shoulder. You know, and that's, that's so true. And that's, that's really, really what it is. And it's just, you know, I, th- I think so often, particularly as I said, as, as younger graduates, um, we have so much pressure on ourselves because it's our responsibility to fix them. And we can't like, if someone, if someone's lifestyle is not good enough uh, it's going to slow that process down. And I think that's one of the things actually we'll probably get onto later on in this conversation is this whole sort of, you know, coronavirus period from there. I think hopefully what it's going to do is going to make people have a very different conversation about health. Um, Oh, I I
0: I really hope so. I really hope Mm -hmm. so. Uh, Because we can't every single time something like this happens, uh, react in this way, because we we are that that's and that's the only word you can use for this is react. We're being reactive. Um, You know, we're almost we're almost saying that we have no control over the situation. And of course, we always had a control. In fact, you know, the government have proven that we have a control on this situation because we've slowed down the spread by not constantly touching each other or what, you know, and, and this is, this is only one arm of preventing disease spread by the way is not contacting or not touching each other. And this is a very, like, again, a reactive way of doing things, but we've got to look at the health of the individual and how well that someone can respond to these kinds of threats. Because at the end of the day, the human race has lived on the planet for like, we've been here for centuries yet all of a sudden we're panicking about something that has been around for millennia, like viruses and bacteria are not a new thing. They've been here forever. And, um, actually someone, someone described this to me really, really well. And actually was what you basically were saying about health expression. And, you know, we all know that someone's got the huge potential inside of them. So someone described it to me, like you imagine Elton John, who is like the perfect piano player. You know, everybody has that perfect piano player in inside of them, but if you stick him on a piano that is uh, not tuned properly, it doesn't matter how good the piano player is, it's still going to sound crap. And and this is the thing is if you imagine your piano like your environment, if you've got a crap environment, it doesn't matter how good the inside is. Because the thing is, we all have this inborn intelligence, like this huge potential inside of us. yet if you're not letting it actually be put onto the right environment, you're never going to get the sound music and that health expression will never be there. So I, I thank you for, for, for sharing that with us. So maybe because obviously this is the thing that we want to be able to help our listeners with is actually being able to take control, take control of their health and not be able to blame the external environment, but actually, you know, have some, have some control. So one thing that I notice about pretty much every chiropractor that I've ever met, and it doesn't matter what their philosophy is, they generally are very good at taking care of their own health in, in more ways than one. So maybe you can tell us some of the things or some of the rituals that you have that help you to, to, to keep your health in check.
1: I, um, for me, um, who was it? I think it was, or was it Tim Ferris? I think once said, if you win the morning, you win the day. Um, to me, and this is particularly, you know, having four kids, um, I find that if I don't get things done earlier in the day, they're not going to get done. So for me, routine is really, really important. Um, so I'm, I'm an early bird. I get up between half five, six every morning. regardless regards to whether it's Monday to Sunday, it doesn't matter. And even through the whole of this coronavirus thing, I, in fact, I'm probably more attentive to my routine than, than I've ever been before, purely because I knew that maybe this wasn't quite as good. Therefore, I was going to be tempted to do things, you know, get out of my routine and the habit. So I, I, I get up early, half, you know, half five, five six o'clock. Um, the very first thing I'll do is I'll have a, like a pint of lemon and water. Um, I then do a very sort of brief, like it's sort of five, 10 minutes sort of breathing meditative sort of process I go through. Um, And then from there, I then uh, go out and exercise, whether that's on the bike, the bike trainer, or go for a run with a dog, whatever. I'll do my half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, I then come back in. um, And then my breakfast is because I do intermittent fasting. So my breakfast is a a cup of a mug of um, Bulletproof coffee and that's a whole new discussion as well um and then and, and then and then at that stage then my youngest is generally starting to get awake so he's getting up um and so then might, that's my time sort of over but at that stage you know i'm sort of i'm at least prepared for the day um i'll probably do a wee bit of reading as well before that maybe do some some little bits and piece of work but that that's to me if i get those sort of hour and a half two hours in the morning it just sets me up for the day you know and if and i just once i've done that then and then the rest stays easy because you've also you've also achieved something as well and i know if i don't exercise like i used to i used to never be able to exercise in the morning you know when the kids were really really young and i i just realized now that there's too many distractions there's too many things that take over and you just you lose that so i think if everyone all your listeners like literally if they can just develop a simple routine in the morning it would make a huge difference
0: Mm-hmm. and that's it yeah that's it that's it and people will find different times of the day uh to exercise but i agree like first thing one i mean i know that there are definitely different physiological benefits for training different types of training at different points in the day but if you're going to look on just setting up your mentality for the day it makes sense to and it gets something physical done get something it doesn't and and what we know what we know about the brain. The brain, the brain essentially needs three, there's three essential things it needs on a daily basis in order to actually function properly. Oxygen, pretty much no one's going to stop themselves from absorbing that unless they really are going to try and hold their breath for a very long time. Uh, Glucose, which most people are absorbing from some sort of food. Even if you're only eating a very fat based diet, your body is still able to take those uh, those uh, compounds and break it and make it into glucose and the last thing we know is it needs is stimulation mm. the brain has to be stimulated and one of the easiest ways to get very large volumes of stimulation to your brain and your nerves is to move mm. so it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out and run marathons it could be like a yoga or a stretching routine uh, but moving it could even just be a brisk walk it could just even be a brisk walk but we know that that's vital it's vital for people's uh, healthy brain and nerve function. And without it, yeah. it we you know, we're, we, you know, we're, we're going to see deteriorations in people's uh, brain and nerve function.
1: Mm. No, I, I completely like movement is life as they say, but actually I suppose also with the exercise, even, you know, aerobic exercise is one thing, but we also need an element of strength in there as well. That we do have to do a little bit of lifting weight and it doesn't matter like it could be gardening could be anything you know it's you know it, but we need to get sort of both aspects but hmm. I, I suppose just the society as a whole is just and i think this is probably it's going to be a good reset and wake up for an awful lot of people because you know a lot of people get up at you know five o'clock in the morning they drive straight to work and they're at work the whole time so hopefully this whole thing may just make them reappraise things and actually realize you know what we got to rethink things through, you know, because you only get one, one bite at this, you know, that's, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's also interesting what you were saying about the, 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 because resist, the resistance based exercise has got so much, especially for females. And this is my experience. And, you know, I, I know nowadays it is shifting. I've seen a massive shift. I remember, cause I worked in leisure before I became a chiropractor. So that was what I was doing before I... Before I, I in fact, I, I actually continued to work in leisure whilst I was studying. That's what basically paid my bills whilst I was a student. And you used to never see girls in the resistance-based area. And ironically, they're the ones that are most susceptible to osteoporosis, which is one of the major, 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 major things that you can prevent by lifting things because you have to cause that micro-stress on tissues in order for your tissues to adapt. And this is what we know is that it's that adaptability to the environment and obviously setting up your environment mentally, physically. And then obviously you like you said, you fast and stuff in the morning, but setting up that chemical process for your body, uh, you know, you you're already you're already hitting three of your arms of the chiropractic arms pretty much first thing in the morning.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is
0: great. It's great. Amazing. Look, it's nice, nice to hear that uh, chiropractors are, are, are practicing what they preach. And actually it's funny because uh, uh, intermittent fasting and bulletproof coffee is something that has popped up in a lot of my conversations with many of the chiropractors we've had on the show so far. So I think most of our listeners already know what <laughs> bulletproof coffee is now.
1: <laughs> so me. Maybe- my my confession is that actually it's it's become too much of an addiction really and because i i just I, I love it you know so i uh, whilst i do intermittent fasting <clears throat> it's sort of it's more a case of that's just because i've had my bulletproof coffee rather than the other way around you know it's just it's but it, no, i love it it's great i'm the
0: same i intermittently fast I, I mean i don't drink i don't drink bulletproof coffee but i do drink a coffee in the morning
1: mm.
0: yeah i do drink a coffee in the morning, but i haven't i to be honest, I haven't eaten still. My, my first meal will be after this. So I normally do about four to six hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah amazing. amazing, amazing. So look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware that obviously we can understand uh, that chiropractors generally do take care of our, of, of our health, but obviously this is really for our patients. And so what we want to do is be able to really instill some value in for them to take home maybe a message uh, that they, of something that they can action so maybe you have some tips or hints of some ways that uh, our patients could potentially take some action today uh, and improve their health from or starting from today by giving them some easy to do's or steps to do that
1: um i suppose again you know great question um i think when when people are talking about changing something we need three things an awareness a willingness and an ability I'm going to take it back a step further really before the awareness, because to me, you know, we have to, you know, we can all go on a quick diet. We can all do a quick exercise program. But to develop a habit requires complete understanding from that. And that's what I said at the beginning, you know, that hopefully the whole thing that we get from this whole coronavirus thing is that we can basically start, I suppose, asking different questions. And so for me, it's, it's really changing people's mindset rather than actually giving because we've all been given lists of things to do. But if we can change the mindset first, then you're more likely to actually take action on those, those, those steps that, that we all know we should do. We all know we need to exercise. We all know we need to have a proper diet and all those things. But I don't think people fundamentally realize why they need to do it. And so to me, I, I suppose it's just the one question I I'd suppose I I'd, I'd get people to ask is sort of really, you know, right. So rather than asking why do we get sick, we should be asking, well, what makes us healthy? You know, and it's it, that's a totally a very, very different question that leads to a totally different conversation and, you know, like just take the coronavirus, you know, why, why is the vast majority of the population who contract this virus able to survive without even batting an eye really from there, you know, if everything's down to the virus. We should all be affected the same way, but we're not. So it's down to the individual. And you mentioned something earlier on about you know how how the body's adapting to stress and things like that. And that's that to me, that's the fundamental thing with it. Whereas, I, I suppose traditionally we've been, uh, I, I suppose, led to assume that the reason why we're all getting sick is because of our genes. Uh, it's because of the bad germs and it's because of bad luck. Now the, the reality is our genes haven't changed in forty thousand years. You know, the germs, as you mentioned earlier on, germs have been around for, for millions of years, you know, and bad luck when I don't subscribe to that anyway. So for, for everyone listening, I suppose that the biggest thing is what they need to really start realizing is that there's only two reasons why we get sick. And one of them is toxicity and the second one is deficiency. So you're either toxic in something or you're deficient in something. And there's no other reason for it. And those toxicity deficiency can then be applied to any facet of your life. So in, in in the office, what we use, we use the acronym DRESS. So D for diet, R for rest, E for exercise, S for stress management, so things like meditation, and then S for spinal health. So you can apply that toxicity deficiency to those five factors and if you're looking at each one and you're improving each one by a little bit well that's going to have a profound effect on on your health but it really i think that's that's the, the biggest thing is that we, we you know we, healthcare has taught us to basically just live our lives from crisis to crisis to crisis and we're not taking responsibility for that we're not you know, we're just relying on someone else we're being disempowered because of that whereas we need to actually wake up and actually realize you know what it's our responsibility it's not the government's responsibility it's our responsibility and that's that's really all all we can do that's a really good word that you use as well
0: is responsibility because the only person the only person that is ever responsible for someone's health is themselves and mm-hmm. you know it was uh, you you said earlier uh, about playing, playing god you know no chiropractor no chiropractor can physically play god you know, like when, when the chiropractor takes credit for all of the changes in uh, in their patient's health, uh, that's when their chiropractor has lost lost his way essentially. Uh, because I mean, the rea- the reality of it is is that yeah, okay, maybe the chiropractor applied a, a therapy or technique and and the tissue has 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 changed. However, it was that person's physiology. It's the, you know, the chemistry, the biology that's going on inside of that person. Like we say, it, it, it's that healing response. It's that it, it, almost it, an intelligent response that the body, the body has all of that potential inside. It just sometimes needs a little bit of encouragement. But it wasn't the chiropractor that healed people. It was the body that healed people. Uh, we, just, we just need to, like you say, remove the interference. Uh, retune the piano. <laughs> Yeah. retune the car you know ser- service make sure that it's you know the, the components are working properly
1: totally yeah like you, you you know cut the arm of the living person and cut the arm of a dead person you know the dead person ain't gonna heal doesn't matter what the hell you put on it because as you say there is no intelligence there's no life force there's nothing there whereas you cut the arm of the living person yes they have the potential to heal um, and all our potential is slightly different, but what we can do is try and improve and increase our potential so that we're at least, you know, living our lives to our optimum, which is, that's all that we can do. That's all anyone can do. And,
0: and it was, it's interesting. It's interesting that, uh, uh, what you said as well, cause it's a potential as well. They, mm-hmm. you know, they use the, the term potential and someone described this to me that, that you know, different people, different, and, and it was like you said about luck as well you know some people go i got sick because it was bad luck and uh you know the thing is is that everybody everybody that's exposed to some level of stress like obviously you uh presented differently with your dress if your d is toxic and your r is toxic and your e is toxic and your both your s's are toxic guess what health is going to go down health is going to go and some people have got almost like a uh, a higher level of robustness However, it doesn't matter how robust you are. Eventually, if you keep doing things, it's eventually going to tip over. And I almost say that, you know, someone might be much more resilient. But if you think about it, you know, some people are born with a sink and some people are born with a bathtub. If you keep the tap on and keep the plug in, it doesn't matter how big your your capacity is, eventually you're going to blow.
1: Exactly. That's so true. It is, you know, it really, it's, it's, It's exactly that. And just, you know, also the thing with health is it doesn't come within a guarantee. You know, you could live the perfect life, but still get stuck down with something. That's it. All you can do is give your body the best chance. And I suppose that's the thing that we know is that, you know, if you do enough of the right things, it gives you a heck of a lot of chance of avoiding most of the bad stuff you know so there's a it's it's you're just making your let's say you're swinging the odds more in your favor if you do more of the good things that is that's that's certainly for for sure excellent
0: look i think there's probably a lot that people could take action
1: on <laughs> those things yeah <laughs> there's and a lot all, of there's a all lot good,
0: of all good yeah <laughs> we've got a lot of action steps so no one action steps we've got a, <laughs> we're gonna go everything <laughs> brilliant uh look so I just want just to uh, pick pick your brain. So obviously, uh, you've now been in practice uh, for 20, 25 years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: 25 years. And so uh, there's, there's probably a lot of things that you've learned along the way. Now, I love asking this question, especially for people that have been in practice for, for 25 years, because uh, you've learned so much more than someone that's potentially been in practice for maybe only a year or two. And, and I call this the Terminator question, because in Terminator, he gets the chance to go back and uh, report back to himself what was happening in the future and say, look, you really need to stop this from happening. Otherwise, this is going to occur. So if you could go back to Ed when he was at uh, the ACC, or maybe there's a certain point in your career where you could go back and go, actually, do you know, what? I really wish, I wish someone had told,
1: told me this earlier. Um, I suppose there's lots, lots of things I, I wish I wish I could tell myself back then. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned again, the longer I've been in practice, like I've now been in, been here for what, you know, 25 years. Um, uh, so I've seen some patients, you know, the whole time through those 25 years. And what I realized was that, um, I have done a lousy job of educating my patients. Um, and that, you know, and Ryan talks about, you know, in sort of when we talk about, you know, doing information talks and stuff like that, you know, the, you know, the Latin word you know, or doctor comes from the Latin word docere, meaning to teach and to educate. And that really is a fundamental role that we need to sort of take on board. And I think I've realized the longer I've been in practice is is how lousy and how bad a job that we've done actually educating them. Because going back to what we said at the beginning, you know, as a chiropractor, I thought it was our job to fix everyone. And so they basically relied on me to fix them. And when I couldn't fix them, well then it was my fault, not their fault. And I think that that probably is the, the one biggest thing that I, that I realized that we've got to do more of is actually to, to actually teach and talk and have a different conversation. Because the mm-hmm. conversation we're having here is not the conversation that's going on outside these four walls. Yeah, because you know, the conversation agree. is there that we're all deficient in drugs or surgery um or genes mm. and that's that's uh, you know that's not what it should be about and it's just trying to at least give people um a, a different perspective to think of it to different perspective different way to approach it mm. and that would be the biggest thing and then as like as i mentioned as well the other thing i would certainly tell myself is that you don't be the hero don't try and fix everyone
0: uh, i really love that and, and it's really interesting what you say about obviously uh, the deficiencies in in Drugs, you know, lack of health is not a deficiency in a drug. Um, You know, (laughs) having high blood pressure was not as a a result of not having enough beta blockers or not having enough statins or, you know, and and the thing is, is having high blood cholesterols and needing statins was not as a result of having a lack of statins. Uh, It was a result of changes in, like we were talking about earlier, the environment. If you're eating the wrong foods and eating a very high sugar and you know eating the wrong fats because I'm not going to say eat, not eating fats because fats are obviously essential uh but eating the wrong fats that's when your cholesterol starts to change and that's when we start to see the change in in health expression uh that we're seeing at such a high level in in the community nowadays and like we said uh it's the responsibility not just not just of the chiropractor. And it was another interesting thing you said about uh, genes. Um, someone once explained, explained genes to me like this. And actually I think it was Bruce Lipton, really, int- really intelligent guy. He got laughed out of his office, got laughed out of his office for turning around and saying, I don't, I don't think genes are the cause of disease. I think the environment's the cause of the g- uh, the disease, which turns the genes on. And so he described it. He described it a little bit like this in that, A gene is essentially like the blueprint to a house that an architect would then that would draw up. And then and then if you if you have the environment that is bad, it essentially sends the builders in to collect the gene and then takes it out and switches it on and they build the house. But if you never if you never send the builder in to collect the blueprint, the house never gets built. And that thing never gets expressed. So you might, have a, you might have a gene for cancer or obesity or whatever any of these things are to express these health flaws. But if you never switch them on,
1: the builder's never going it. But the, the, I, remember, I remember actually seeing something on that, that there was a gene for a hangover. And you sort of think like, okay, how stupid are we getting where, you know, like how do you get a hangover? Well. You drink too much alcohol. <laughs> oh. So like you know, come on! Like and this is this is where the whole thing gets just totally crazy. You know, we're trying to just excuse our the state that we're in by finding these things. You know, no, just absolutely. But Bruce Lipton stuff's brilliant.
0: I love you know, that. I, I I I could do with having the the gene for not having a hangover,
1: <laughs> otherwise known as abstinence from alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, it's four children is the best cure for that. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> look, I, I really, I've really appreciated your time and some of the conversation. Look, we've had some, I, I think, some brilliant gems that have come out of the conversation. Um, look, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, give people some contact, maybe uh, of ways that they could get in touch with you. Maybe people have listened to this and uh, they want to ask you some additional questions on some of the stuff that you you've spoken about. If someone wants to get in touch with you, maybe you can tell them a little bit of like maybe where your
1: website is or some ways that people can get in touch with you. Well, the fact that I'm so high tech as you were alluding to earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um fa- Facebook, I can get the Facebook, my Facebook page. Um either kill well, my practice is Kilworth Chiropractic, so K-I-L-W-R-T-H. Um you get it through there or just Ed Bates. Um email edbatesdc at gmail.com. Um or what other ways are there? You know, um, pigeon post, email, e- yeah, yeah, email and Facebook nowadays. And that's, e- e- that's all. That's all. That's all you need. That's it. Uh, I, I do have a YouTube channel, but I haven't quite got it as organised as yours yet. So we're we're still working on that one. And that's just Ed Bates DC. Um, amazing. That's brilliant. That's yeah. Hey, look, coming from someone that said they, they 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 would never know how
0: to to set up a video or a camera <laughs> to get on and actually set up a YouTube channel. I think that's an amazing, uh, you know, amazing accomplishment. Uh, so hats off to you, hats off to you, you. 25 years in practice and still learning. And, and this is the great thing about, you know, we obviously have regulation that we have to do 30 hours of training a year. And I know that during, during this period, I've easily exceeded that in probably a week, uh, on many of the, many of the occasions of these weeks. So look, I'm going to ask you one, one last question. Uh, we spoke about it earlier. It's the wow moment. So uh, we call it the parting words of wisdom, the parting words of wisdom. So maybe you have like a quote or something that you like to live your life by or something that you feel like
1: someone could learn a lot from or a quote that you use. Um... I suppose you, 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 touched on it when we, well, we, or we both touched on it when we were talking about stress and how to adapt. So the, the quote I want to leave you with is um, from Charles Darwin and his quote was, it's not the strongest of the species that survives nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that is most adaptable to change because that in, in, in ultimately when it comes down to that's exactly what it is. It doesn't matter the stress. Like we all face stress. We all have emotional chemical and physical stress and it's not the stress that matters, but it's how you adapt to it is the key because it's how you adapt to it will define how your body responds to that stress. And that's, that really, I suppose that's the, the one thing I can leave you with.
0: It's amazing. Hey, look, I've had great fun talking to you this morning. or oh, well this afternoon, afternoon now, I'm sorry. Um, I have absolutely great fun. I know that people are going to have, like I say, got some great value, some great tips, um, like i say we 'll put all of the the details for Ed in the descriptions below, so if you do want to get in touch that 's how you can find him uh, like I say, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us today uh, so I, I've thank had, you i 've had great fun uh, my first
1: that 's my first podcast by the way yeah
0: podcast <laughs> podcast everyone gets everyone has this kind of fear of jumping onto a podcast i 've asked a few people and they 've got this fear of jumping on because they think i 'm going to going to torture them (laughs) over over video or something but it's really just you know it's we're just two people having a conversation about things something that we're very passionate about something that we're very passionate and for other people they can learn a lot from these kinds of conversations so again I just want to say thank you for jumping on with us Uh, and you know I'm sure that our listeners will really truly appreciate uh, some of the content that they've got
1: here you're so welcome thanks a million no. thank you very so much.
0: <laughs> this is another episode uh, of coffee with the chiropractor with your host patrick Hogg, and we are going to see you all on the other side we'll see you guys soon thank you for listening if you found value in this information please like and subscribe to our channel on your favorite listening platform if you know someone who could benefit from this information please share we hope to see you next time another episode of Coffee with the Chiropractor with your host,
1: Patrick Hogg.